This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are moving on to letter number 32 on progress. And this is a beautiful letter. You know, Seneca really knows the art of encouragement. And he recognizes that on any philosophical path, you know, we must encourage ourselves to not just get comfortable where we are, but to keep on moving towards that ultimate end goal, right? That that philosophical enlightenment, you might say, or eudaimonia, at the point where you can determine and uh, and 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 distinguish good from bad, right from wrong. And so, in this letter, Seneca is really just encouraging us in many ways. You know, he continues to encourage us to to continue to push on on that philosophical path. And he also has some really interesting ways of looking at this. You know, we know that Seneca believes that on the philosophical path, there must be a destination. He said that, you know, if you're wandering on a path, there has to be a destination. Otherwise, you're just wandering aimlessly, right? He said also that uh, uh, no wind is favorable Uh, if one does not know which port they're sailing to, right? And so we have to understand that the path of philosophy has a destination. It is that point where we understand right from wrong, good from bad. It is that point where, you know, we have that philosophical uh, sophistication in our worldview so that we can live a life that is calm amid the many storms that will come our way, right? And so he's really encouraging us in this letter to find that destination, but then nonetheless to continue to live our lives. He, he, he puts it beautifully towards the end of the letter, but I'll save it for when I read it. Nonetheless, I think I will start reading and we'll see where we find ourselves. So here's what he says, quote, I have been asking about you and inquiring of everyone who comes from your part of the country, what you are doing and where you are spending your time and with whom. You cannot deceive me, for I am with you. Live just as if I were sure to get news of your doings, nay, as if I were sure to behold them. And if you wonder what particularly pleases me that I hear concerning you, it is that I hear nothing, that most of those whom I ask do not know what you are doing. This is sound practice, to refrain from associating with men of different stamp and different aims. And I am indeed confident that you cannot be warped, that you will stick to your purpose, even though the crowd may surround and seek to distract you. What then is on my mind? Well, I am not afraid lest they work a change in you, but I am afraid lest they may hinder your progress. And much harm is done even by those who hold you back, especially since life is so short. And we make it still shorter by our unsteadiness, by making ever fresh beginnings at life. Now one and immediately another. We break up life into little bits and fritter it away. Hasten ahead then, dearest Lucilius, and reflect how greatly you would quicken your speed if an enemy were at your back, or if you suspected the cavalry were approaching and pressing hard upon your steps as you fled. It is true 
the enemy is indeed pressing upon you. You should therefore increase your speed and escape away and reach a safe position, remembering continually what a noble thing it is to round out your life before death comes, and then await in peace the remaining portion of your time, claiming nothing for yourself, since you are in possession of the happy life. For such a life is not made happier for being longer. Oh, when shall you see the time when you shall know that time means nothing to you, when you shall be peaceful and calm, careless of the morrow, because you are enjoying your life to the full? End quote. So we're actually pretty close to the end of the letter here, but I thought I'd pause here and talk about a couple of the themes that we see popping up in this letter so far. The first one being at the start where he says, you know, you should act as if I am watching you, as if I am sure to behold every one of your actions and words and all this sort of stuff. I'm paraphrasing massively, but that's the general idea. And I I really like this idea, right? Because when we are reading these ancient philosophers, right, we can... We can fall into the trap of kind of seeing these texts as as mere artifacts, right? These these documents from an older time, a different place, you know, um, and and perhaps philosophy and the practice of philosophy for us can become more of a, a an intellectual pursuit uh, that is this is a mere toy for our minds, right? But but one thing that we have to recognize is that we are trying to embody this wisdom. And certainly one of the things that I have noticed uh, is as I have lived out my life while I'm also studying Seneca, you know, while I'm doing this every single week, I've noticed that Seneca comes to mind more and more often in terms of uh, advice that he might give me uh, if he were here standing right next to me in my life and facing this particular decision or that particular decision with me. And I think that's really powerful, right? Because we are trying to learn from these great teachers, not only um, what they think, but perhaps uh, how they can uh, uh, be our own sages in our own mind, right? Uh, that we can call upon their wisdom uh, whenever we find ourselves in difficult situations. And so this idea of, you know, act as if I was there watching over you, watching every choice, it's kind of like, okay, well, do that with Seneca, you know, go your week for, for the next week. I'll, I'll offer you a challenge, right? Every time you come to a difficult decision, whether it's, you know, do I do this bad habit again or do I do something better? Or, you know, maybe you've got a family decision to make or uh, you've got some sort of decision to make it work that is complicated and you require a little bit of philosophical wisdom. Ask yourself, you know, what what would Seneca say if he were right here watching my every move, right? If he were here and he was going to be the judge of my next move, what would he say to me? And I'd, you know, message me. I'd love to know how this challenge goes for you. I'd love how uh, to, to hear what kind of results you find when you decide to act as if these great teachers of the past are right next to us in this moment, watching our every move and and instructing us. So that's a thought for you there. The next idea that I want to kind of pick apart is when he says, this is a sound practice to refrain from associating with men from a different stamp and different aims. Now, it, it, it can be easy to interpret this as kind of an exclusionary kind of, uh, you know, uh, a, a pretty... Um, what would you say? Maybe a pompous way of living your life. Well, I don't want to be around those people who do not share my aims and, and my desires. But I mean, listen, if we are going to 
practice philosophy, we need to be better at the art of discernment, right? And where better to discern in your life than the people who you surround yourself with? It is so vital that we surround ourselves with people who lift us up rather than push us down, and with people who share common values, you know, common common aims with us. You know, be around people who uh, desire to have the kind of philosophical, uh, personal enlightenment that you might be seeking. Right? This is what we're trying to do with the World Garden. Certainly, is we're trying to create a community of people who share common values and aims to us so that we can strengthen each other on that path, right? And this is not to say uh, anything other than we should be judging people's characters before we decide to uh, really associate with them on a frequent basis. And I think I think that that's sound advice, right? We need to practice discernment because you cannot get out of judging anyway. You're always judging and you, you cannot help the fact that you are. But nonetheless, uh, what we can do is get better at discernment. And so the next key idea that I really want to pick apart here from these first few verses is this encouragement that he gives us to press forward in our path towards this kind of philosophical uh, alignment, you might say, uh, as if the enemy were close at hand, as if we're in a battle for our souls, perhaps, right? And you should act as if the enemy is right behind you, pushing you forward, and you need to escape that enemy and and move to safer ground, right? Seneca is so beautiful with his metaphors, and he gets them just right. Because you might want to think, okay, well, you know, yeah, if I'm studying philosophy, what's the purpose of that? Okay, Seneca believes that there is there is a destination in philosophy, not that you will ever stop practicing philosophy or you will ever stop, uh, you know, seeking uh, that, 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 that beautiful uh, pearl of great price, you might say, that we're all seeking when we, when we practice philosophy. Uh, but nonetheless, he wants us to get to a certain stage. And in order to do that, we actually need to hasten our step. We need to take this path a lot more seriously because there are enemies of this path all the way around us. We spoke about this in the last letter, you know, talking about siren songs, how these sweet songs are calling from all around us, but we need to block our ears to those songs and stay true to the path of philosophy and reach that destination. And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, we should round out our life before we die, right? And then we should live out the rest of our lives calmly. Rounding it out, meaning, you know, hey, you could reach this philosophical understanding, this philosophical sophistication and personal enlightenment uh, as soon as you are willing to put in the effort and get there, you know, strive for your personal satisfaction. And, oh, that's the wrong word, not satisfaction, your, your, your personal sense of deep meaning and engagement with life. Strive to be in that position. Strive to obtain this philosophical enlightenment that we saw from the ancient Stoics. Uh, if you're a Christian, strive for, you know, that saintly position where you can say that you fought the good fight and you and you achieved a certain personal understanding, a certain personal alignment and, 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 and enlightenment. 
you know, this is the goal and do we have anything better to do than to aim at that and to really move towards it uh, with haste, you know? Uh, and, and I think that that's, this is where Seneca's encouragement comes in really handy for us because he's saying, listen, there's enemies all around and you, even if you don't see them, you should act as if they're there and you should be pushing yourself to reach this destination that we are seeking in philosophy. Okay, so I'm going to keep on reading after that long rant. I apologize, I went on a little bit there, but, but we'll, uh, we'll keep on going. He says, quote, Would you know what makes men greedy for the future? It's because no one has yet found himself. Your parents, to be sure, asked other blessings for you. But I myself pray rather that you may despise all those things which your parents wished for you in abundance. Their prayers plunder many another person, simply that you may be enriched. Whatever they make over you must be removed from someone else. I pray that you may get such control over yourself that your mind, now shaken by wandering thoughts, may at last come to rest and be steadfast, that it may be content with itself and, having attained an understanding of what things are truly good, and they are in our possession as soon as we have this knowledge, that it may have no need of added years. He has at length passed beyond all necessities. He has won his honourable discharge and is free, who still lives after his life has been completed. Farewell. End quote. Okay, so Seneca here is saying, like, look around you. There are all these people who want certain things for you. They want this or they want that or they want you to have, you know, wealth, fame, you know, they want you to have the long life, they want you to extend your life, all this sort of stuff. You know, they they want these things for you. But Seneca is saying, pay no attention to that. Here's what I want for you. I want you to have control over your mind. I want you to understand what is truly good. I want you to round out your life and find a calm philosophical sophistication and a personal enlightenment so that you can then continue to live the rest of your life, but you've rounded it off before you die. You've reached that philosophical destination that Seneca is talking about. So when we are reading Seneca's letters, we really need to be aware that we're trying to put together these pieces of what it would mean to round out your life, what it would mean to find that philosophical destination that Seneca is talking about, that safe harbor. Isn't it interesting how Seneca gives us many different analogies that can give us an insight into the feeling of this destination that he talks about? He talks about the safe harbor, right? He, he talks about climbing to the peak of the mountain in, in the last letter, right? He says, hasten your step up to, that, up to that summit, right? So it's the peak of the mountain. It's the safe harbor. Think about how these places make you feel. The peak of the mountain is powerful. You've reached a certain point. You're the pinnacle, right? Where you get a grand vision of the world around you, right? And then you think, okay, we're well, safe harbor. Outside of that safe harbor, choppy, wavy seas, great storms upon the ocean swell. But now we're in a safe harbor, calm waters, right? So he's kind of trying to calm our souls. And that's what he says here, right? And so I'm going to reread these last couple of sentences because they do give us an insight, right? 
He says again, I pray that you may get such control over yourself that your mind, now shaken by wandering thoughts, may at last come to rest and be steadfast, that it may be content with itself and having attained an understanding of what things are truly good, and they are in our possession as soon as we have that knowledge, that it may have no need of added years. He has at at length passed beyond all necessities. He has won his honourable discharge and is free, who still lives after his life has been completed. All right, so it's a completion, right? There's, There's a point on Seneca's philosophical path where we complete our understanding, you know, that comes to this point of knowledge of things human and divine, perhaps, right? Comes to this point where we do have that knowledge and what he wants us to have knowledge of is what is truly good. And then he says that once we find that, you know, finding it and embodying it to Seneca is the same thing. You know, we have possession of it as soon as we have this knowledge, right? And so we are seeking the highest possible good here. We are seeking that knowledge that will help us to be fulfilled, help us to have that deep sense of meaning in life, help us to have calm souls, help us to have control over ourselves, right? So that our mind isn't constantly wandering like he says, or you might think back to the analogies, so that our mind isn't stuck on the choppy wavy seas, right? But rather, we come to that point where we are calm internally, where we have that fortitude within us, and now we can face life with this, as we said, this philosophical sophistication, understanding truly what is good and what is bad and what doesn't make a difference. You know, these are all stoic concepts that we're we are trying to learn, right? So this is just such a, a beautiful letter, which really can encourage the philosophical student. I know it, en- it encourages me to press on with your studies and your practice and your seeking, your true seeking, uh, because there is a place to go. There is a, a, a beautiful reward that comes from philosophy, and we need to understand that so that we don't get lazy in our approach and so that we don't fall back into these bad habits, but we understand that we are striving uphill towards a better thing, or so that we understand that we are sailing into a safe harbor uh, whereby we can have a calm easy flow of life. Not that the storms will not come, they will come, but we will be better able to handle them and withstand them. So anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I've rambled for long enough. I've probably spoken more than Seneca in this episode, uh, which is often the case. But uh, I hope that this episode has been informative. I hope it's been transformative. uh, And I hope that you can take away a few lessons from this and think about how it relates to you and your life. Over and out.